Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, this is Garrett Jones, host of the Quarantined Christian, coming back to you with another new episode. And I'm looking forward to this one because this is a really, uh, really fun opportunity to break down Philippians 3.16. Before I get into the content of today's episode, I want to just let you know that if you have any questions or comments uh, that you'd like to ask me or say to me, or if you have any prayer requests or praises that you'd like to share with me that I can pray with you over, by all means, please get in contact with me. There's a couple ways that you can do that. If you're on the Anchor app or if you're on the podcast website, anchor.fm slash Christian, you have the ability of pressing a little button that says message. You click on that message button and it allows you to record a voice message that sends to me and I'm able to answer and address any questions or comments that you have, or if it's a prayer request or praise, pray over that with you. Uh, another way that you can get in contact with me is through Twitter at the number one uh, underscore who underscore serves, and that's a great way to connect with me as well. And so, yeah. So today we're looking at, like I said, Philippians uh, 3.16. We're continuing on with the 316s of the New Testament. This is the next one in order. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, taking a look at this and breaking it down. Uh, and so here we go. Um, the verse that we're looking at says this. It's really short, and it, I know it's going to feel out of context, and I'll, we'll break it down even further. But uh, bear with me here. It says this, But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Boom. That's it. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 words. 12 words. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. It doesn't seem like a lot or that it's very impactful. And as you know, I don't like to leave things out of context, so I'm going to break down the context for you. So the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi, otherwise known as the Philippian church. And he's addressing internal matters that have come up after being visited by that congregation's messenger, uh, Epaphroditus, uh, who became Paul's messenger upon his return to the city and the believers there. So, real quickly, Paul's in prison at this point. Uh, I'm not sure if he's actually in a prison cell or if he's on house arrest uh, he kind of bounced back and forth between those two settings. Uh, and Epaphroditus is sent by the church to visit with Paul and give him an update of what's happening with the church. And Epaphroditus goes back to Philippians. He's the carrier for the letter. And he becomes Paul's messenger. And while he's visiting with Paul, Epaphroditus says, Hey, look, there's some internal stuff going on. There's some squabbles, some other issues that are taking place. And I think you should know about that. So in this particular passage, which actually starts at the beginning of chapter 3 and goes through to verse 21, Paul is encouraging the believers in Philippi to remain faithful in spite of some of the spiritual adversity that they had been experiencing. This particular verse is especially important because it is an admonishment regarding abandoning the faith. So when, when Paul is, oh, let, me, let me back up. 
uh, when I say that the church was experiencing some spiritual adversity, uh, there were pagan groups coming in and, and, and getting in their way and saying, Hey, this is how you're supposed to live your life. You should be believing in Jesus. Um, there were other Christian like sects that were coming in and trying to co-opt what the Philippian church was doing. And Paul was trying to help encourage the, uh, the, the members there. Uh, this particular verse is especially important, like I said, because it's an admonishment of, about abandoning the faith. Some of them were actually considering abandoning faith in Christ altogether. So when Paul speaks about progress, he's not talking about any other development other than spiritual progress. Not like a spiritual body progress, like some other uh, church organizations or religious organizations talk about. We're talking about, this is kind of piggybacking off of the last episode from Ephesians, uh, talking about spiritual growth and maturity and development. All right. But the word he uses is, is progress. It doesn't mean that there's going to be some higher state of being or progressing to perpetual happiness as heretics like Joel Osteen would have people believe. That isn't biblical. Um, I, I personally have some beef with Joel Osteen, not that he knows it or even cares. Joel Osteen is famous because he teaches what's called prosperity gospel. Uh, that if you are faithful enough, if you're good enough, if you're religious enough, if you tithe enough, that God's going to give you good things and it's going to come in the form of material wealth and possessions. And that simply isn't true. It is a bold-faced lie. It's not biblical in any sense of the word. And for those of you who are sitting there listening going, oh, but Joel Osteen's a great preacher. No, he's a great salesman. Let's leave it at that. What is biblical is continuing to develop in our spiritual maturity and our devotion and commitment to following the Lord and all of his commands. That is the progress that Paul is talking about. So the question is, why does he make the statement and how does it translate to believers in the modern context? Firstly, Paul makes the statement because he realizes that there are those in the Philippian church who had become discouraged by the adversity they were facing. Contextually, how many have, how many times have we as believers in Christ in the modern world faced such spiritual adversity? Now, we have heard of people who are Christians, who have been imprisoned, tortured, or martyred in the Middle East for professing their faith in Christ. That does happen. It doesn't happen so much in the United States or in the Western world, but it does happen in other parts of the world. Specifically in very uh, extreme circumstances in the Muslim world. People are executed. You go to China uh, because religion uh, can impact how people respond to the communist uh, narrative and the communist regime. 
China and North Korea and other places that have been under communist rule uh, reject and make it illegal to practice religion. In fact, Christianity up until just a few years ago was not allowed in China whatsoever and, and to some extent is still not allowed in China. But here in the West, we don't face that much in the way of adversity. There are many of us who are concerned with what's going on with the shelter in place of churches being shut down. Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York threatened to shut down churches for even holding services for you know less than 10 people in the city of New York. And yeah, that, that I think qualifies as a breach of uh, constitutional uh, rights. But here in the United States, we are still seeing churches adapt to what's happening and working in those circumstances. Uh, my home church, First Baptist Hanford, we it, I, it's kind of an interesting thing. Just a, about a week and a half or so before the shelter in place and the quarantine went, uh, went into effect, we acquired two cameras and the recording equipment to do online streaming. And over the course of the last six weeks, we have taken that and we have run with it. And we've been doing some really cool stuff. Uh, we record our, our, our worship services. Um, and I help with that to some extent. I love the hands-on technical stuff. It's great. Um, I, I'm still able to participate in ministry. I'm still able to do some media-related stuff. I, and I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. Um, and we have seen that our impact is growing because we're not relegated to a building. We're having more meaningful conversations about Christ and we're doing it online in a public setting like Facebook, Instagram, and so on. Um, but something to consider, too, is that becoming a believer in Christ does not mean that our lives are going to become instantly easy and, and rainbows and good luck. Again, that's part of that prosperity gospel that Joel Osteen lies about. And, and it's the kind of thing that they sell on discount pricing at Target. If you want that kind of gospel, go for it, but it's not going to be fulfilling. Because you're going to quickly find out just how uh, well, just how incorrect it is. But if you want hardcore, gritty truth of the good news of Jesus Christ, you're going to find a the challenge of a lifetime. See, while Jesus' yoke is described as easy and his burden is described as light in the gospel, that doesn't mean that life will be any less challenging for us. It just means that Christ will give us the power to face those obstacles as they come about. When I used to speak with my, my students as a, as a youth leader and as a pastor, uh, a, the topic of failure came up. 
and I and I carry this with me now as I work in education. I I told them that I don't believe in a failing student. I don't believe that there is such a thing as a failure who keeps trying. Now, take Thomas Edison, for example. Thomas Edison is not one of my favorite people in history. Uh, the man was greedy. He was unscrupulous in the way that he behaved. Uh, he basically piggybacked and stole uh, the technology created by Nikola Tesla uh, and made it his own. Uh, but the one thing I remember about Edison and his work ethic to some degree is that he claimed to have found a myriad of ways to not make a functioning light bulb. But he never gave up. He never gave up. He found ways that things didn't work. until, And he kept trying until he found a way that things did work. And we've only improved on the technology since then. Personally, I take, I take it as the next step to do and simply not try. I'm a big fan of Star Wars, as I've mentioned before. And, uh, you know, there's a particular uh, Jedi Master who used to say, do or do not, there is no try. But that's a different matter entirely. The point I want to get at today is simply that if you're feeling discouraged, talk with your pastor. If you're feeling discouraged, find a brother or sister in Christ in whom you can confide and seek counsel from. I specifically recommend someone who is more developed in their faith so that they can mentor you. And while it might seem distant, I would gladly love to feel those responses uh, either through Twitter or through the, the, the message button on Anchor, as I've mentioned before. See, the thing about this particular verse is that it is very easy for us when things aren't going our way to become discouraged. It's a sign of spiritual maturity, a lack of spiritual growth on our end. The trick is to come alongside other members of the body of Christ and learn from them, learn from their example. I was mentored as I was growing up in the church. I had people who came alongside me, who mentored me, who encouraged me, who emboldened me. Even when I felt argumentative, they found ways to reach to me and connect with me and guide me in making the right decisions. And I have found that in my own life, working as a youth minister, working in education, uh, just you know, working with students in general, I have found opportunities in a similar vein to be a mentor and a guide for those who are not where I am in spiritual maturity. Not saying that I've got it figured out by any means. I'm, I'm still very much uh, in, in need of progression, but I've held on and I've been able to use those lessons that I've learned to help and guide others. 
So, as I'm wrapping up, just know this. These podcast episodes are meant to be convicting, yes, but they're also meant to be encouragement for you. We're seeing a day and age where our crisis and suicide hotline calls are up a thousand percent in this country alone. People are quarantined. People are locked in place. People feel stuck. People have lost their jobs. They've lost their, they may have lost their homes. They may have lost family members to the disease. It sucks. It really does. But now more than ever is when the body of Christ needs to be reaching out to those people who are discouraged. And maybe you're one of those people who are discouraged. And if that's the case, reach out to someone. If you have friends that are Christians, reach out to them. Because the whole purpose is for them to connect with you and to be encouraging and to explain why they're not freaking out in this time of crisis. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all you give us. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the... Thank you for the emboldened uh, promises that you give us. Lord, we are in uncertain and unsteady times, and we just ask that you work in this situation to bring about an end that reflects your glory. Lord, if you can use this podcast to reach people, I, I, it's my prayer that that can happen. Lord, we just uh, we lift up our our president, we lift up our governors, we lift up the people that we have elected to guide our country. Work within them for the good of all. Thank you for all you do. We pray all these things to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, if uh, you've got any questions or concerns or comments that you'd like to share with me, uh, or if you have any prayer requests or praises, by all means, hit me up on Twitter at one underscore who underscore serves. Or you can send me a message, a voice message through the uh, Anchor app or the anchor.fm slash quarantined Christian website. And I would gladly love to field those uh, those messages. Otherwise, have a great day, and I hope that you've been blessed by this. Thanks for listening.